Welcome to Small Agency Survival Guide. I'm Gwen Coverdale, and I'm here with my co-hosts and colleagues, Andy Smith and Emily Weber-Wood. So today we're going to talk about writing, and writing, as anyone in PR and marketing knows, is the bedrock of our profession. And to be a good writer, um, or to produce good content, you need to have a few ground rules in place. So we're going to talk about some of these ground rules today. And uh, Andy, do you want to start off with talking about... I well, know. I think one of the things I see a lot is a client will say, um, they have they say, I want a story about this, and I have these 15 points that I want in the story. And I try to reel them back in and say, you know, you should have one point or two points, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, save the other points for a separate story. So convincing the client that not everything has to go into a single story, especially if you're, you know, now you're up to 1,500, 1,700, 2,000 words, and you hate to tell them, like, you know, no one's reading past the third paragraph, right? right. So all your points that you wanted in there are completely lost. That's I would rather say, you know, a bunch of short stories so identify that have a point. So identify the goals of each piece and, and stick to meeting that goal. Yeah. I mean, one of the things Emily was saying was, what's your purpose? Mm-hmm. Right. If you if you start off with too many purposes, then things can get muddy. And sometimes you can start off with an, a fuzzy or unclear purpose and you sort of have to write, start writing the piece to figure out what it is you're trying to say. When you reach the end at that point, you're not done. You have to go back and clarify so that you know the, the, the finding your way to the purpose isn't apparent to a reader. Mm-hmm. So backing your way into the piece. Mm-hmm. Yes. Backing it is, is, you see that all the time yeah. in mm-hmm. writing. And then um, I think, the, you know, the other thing we've, we've talked about is audience is so important in what we produce. Um, you know, people will say, I want to write a piece about bariatric surgery. Okay, great. Who's your audience? Your, your physicians, your patients, um, people who have had bariatric surgery. Um, each piece is going to have its own different voice yeah, and tone. And again, purpose and goal. But um, their answer is always when you say, who's this for? Everyone. It's every, everyone. It's the, I guarantee I'd bet lunch. Everyone. I want everyone mm-hmm. to know about yeah. bariatric surgery at my hospital. And, and even if they can <clears throat> narrow it down to, well, then they'll say patients and doctors and family and stuff. Like, <laughs> no, that's still too many. And don't yeah. forget our own staff. You know, yeah. they have family members who might want this surgery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and in those cases, you know, yes, a lot of the messages will be similar across the various audiences, but there will be nuances to, uh, to, that you have to consider when approaching each of those audiences. So, um, so really, when developing a piece, you really need to refine and, and get into that audience and say, okay, what is it exactly I'm trying to communicate to them, and uh, what do they need to know? So, what do you do when you have somebody who does say, "Hey, I want to approach all of these people in this one piece"? I don't know. I would just talk to them and say, you know, it's much more effective if you talk to the person. So, again, sticking with that bariatric surgery. Um, if you're talking to physicians, you need to tell the physicians what they want to hear, um, which is different than what a patient wants to hear. The patient wants to hear, will this hurt? How lo- how will it affect my eating afterwards? How quickly will I lose weight? The doctor wants to know, are, are you going to safely treat my patient? Um, th- they have a whole different list of questions. Um, and it kind of goes back to, you know, this, the, the, the thing can't be for everyone. Um, you, and if you're a writer, this should go without saying. You need to know who you're writing to. So if it's uh, consumers or the lay public, you got to keep it simple, keep it interesting, keep them engaged. If it's to like engineers, you're obviously writing 
you know, slightly different for an engineer. Mm -hmm. Although I do have to say, I always argue with people, it still has to be interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just because you're writing for engineers doesn't automatically mean, okay, let's make this really dry. And multisyllabic words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, they're people too. And they have Um, a sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so I I don't know. I I think you got to know what the vehicle you're putting it in. You need to know who your audience is and you got to know what you want to say to them. You know, inter- go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, it's interesting you bring up the vehicle you're putting it in because that mm-hmm. can be one of the ways that you segment an audience. I write differently in a blog post versus social media. Not, It's not hugely noticeable. It's not like I you know, start from scratch and, and completely reinvent the wheel on Facebook, but I do make deliberate choices about how long the sentences should be, how long the paragraph should be. Uh, what what belongs on Facebook and what doesn't belong on Facebook, even words um, that that may be more appropriate for people who are quickly scrolling past you know your story because they're they're seeing updates from friends and family and and they're going to skip over what you know if they just see a giant block of text they're going to skip over it. So considering where your writing is sitting, what it's surrounded by, and even how the person is feeling. I love the example of MailChimp in their style guide. Um, MailChimp is an email marketing platform that we use for a couple of clients. And in their style guide, they mention that their troubleshooting pages are written in a very specific way um, to convey the most information as quickly as possible because they know that people on their troubleshooting pages are frustrated. If you've gone to that page, you've been trying to get something to work on MailChimp and it's not working and you're annoyed. Um, So keeping in mind how people may feel as they are looking at your content, where it sits and how they feel could be a a huge factor. When you look at colleagues writing or if the client produces something um, and asks you to run with it or or, um, gives you, yeah, that's it. If, If a client hands you something and wants you to do something with it, if you feel a little bit uneasy, I would encourage you to to frame the piece in terms of purpose and audience. I find that most of the time if something is bothering me about a piece or if I'm not interested in the piece, it's because the writer missed one of those two things. And that can be a really easy and accessible way if you need to go back, if you need to push back or go back to someone and and ask for a a redo, it can be really easy to just say, um, well, the audience for this is actually a little bit older, so what I need you to do is, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, which is better than saying this wasn't interesting. This is more. <laughs> this is more about a, a specific problem and not just I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself struggling to describe a problem, think of purpose and audience. Yeah, it's a little bit more objective than subjective. Right. Um, I mean, we've even run into this. We hired a couple of years ago uh, a freelance writer just to help us out, and I said I need 500 words on this. I don't know surgical procedure for a lay audience. The thing came back like a thousand words. And it was technical. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of said, thank you very much. And we never used that freelancer again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he just didn't hear what I was saying or why he gave us the completely wrong mm. um, story. It does require some empathy. Like you have to put yourself, you have to know that person, that audience really well. And you have to be able to drop into their perspective and think to yourself, yeah. would this engage me if I was older you know, encountering this on Facebook and, you know, if you can drop yourself into that person's perspective, then it, things will just jump out of you. But if you can't do that. Actually, that's a really good point because sometimes, I mean, if you're dealing with a client, um, the issue sometimes will be 
that client is so passionate about their product or their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about empathy, like they have no ability to see what a person who doesn't care about their product. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, you got to put this in because that's what people care about. And you want to say, that's what you care about. The Trust me, the audience is not asking that question. You don't have to explain what you think is super important. So you're right. Empathy, not only from the writer, but you have to be able to talk to the client and tell the client, here's why it should be done this way and not the way you want it done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then trying to convince the client not to put in every uh, jargony buzzword. buzzword. That's another another podcast. Yeah, that is another (laughs) podcast. (laughs) But broadly speaking, that is totally misunderstanding your audience. If you use buzzwords, that's why you're doing it because you don't know who you're writing to. Yeah. And I always tell people, I am a lay person. Like, if I don't understand what you're saying, Simple how can Andy. I? Yeah. <laughs> how can I write? And you're right. I, I love the people who they explain a buzz phrase with a buzz phrase. So you'll say, so I don't really understand what you mean by we're going to optimize, uh, the, widgets. optimize the experience. I said, well, what do you mean by that? And then they say something like they explain it with another buzz phrase. <laughs> I don't, sometimes I don't know what to do with that. Ultimately, one of our strengths, you know, being PR and marketing and and communications people is that we are the lay audience in some ways. So that's to our advantage and it's to their advantage. And just having that conversation can be helpful for them. Now, the fact that we have to learn the the, uh, jargon and then disseminate it in a way that we understand it. Mm -hmm. I remember another example, somebody, um, Gwen, where we used to work, somebody wanted something written and it was for... An area uh, it was aimed at people in a in a neighborhood with a very low literacy. Mm-hmm. English is a second language, and I remember the person that we wrote it for, the executive, and he said, "This sounds like you know, see Dick run, see Jane play." But they'll understand. I, and I it, said, yeah. "Consider that the average reading level is sixth grade." He just couldn't quite get over that it sounded so mm-hmm. his words simplistic, simple. Yeah. This sounds so mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. I'm like. So, yeah. We don't have to write Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> content here because, to get the message across. you know, what's the goal here? The goal is the audience to understand it, not to make you happy. It's to make the audience understand yeah. it. And is your piece going to be effective? So if you have an example of a time when a client needed some help with addressing purpose and audience in writing, you can get in touch with Small Agency Survival Guide by tweeting to us at smallagencypod, or you can email us at podcast at cabincommunications.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Small Agency Survival Guide, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, which will help other people find us. 